Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me today and for listening to this episode. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast, and if you don't, I'm thanking you in advance because I believe that you're going to do it. I'm having a lot of fun recording this podcast. This is a new thing for me, but I love being a dad, and I have been blessed to go through some things. Yes, it's a blessing when you have to go through some struggles. It's a blessing when there's some challenges that come your way, because if you hold your head up and you walk through it and you allow God to take you from the start to the finish, you learn some really good lessons along the way. And I believe God has really helped me to take advantage of a lot of those opportunities that have come my way to where things haven't always been easy. Things will not always be easy. I know that there's going to be change and challenge ahead of me, but I believe God has helped me to have a good mindset as I go through these challenges and these trials to see the good, to see the silver lining. So I'm having a lot of fun recording these podcasts. I've got a long list of subjects that I'm excited to talk about. I've got a long list of guests that I'm reaching out to, and hopefully I can have them on this podcast pretty soon. I have a big vision for fathering our future. I really want this to be something that is global. I want dads all over the world to have this as a resource. No matter where you are in the stages of fatherhood, I want you to be able to come to fathering our future, to be enriched, to be informed, to receive knowledge and helpful tips that will help you be a better dad every single day. Right now, this podcast is being recorded in our movie room slash my wife's workspace slash a bit of a catch-all to what was going to possibly be an office at some point, but now never has a shot of that. It's kind of a mess. It's a bit of a disaster. There's no way, <laughs> maybe at some point, I will take a little video or photo just so you can kind of see the workspace. I did take a little picture if you follow Father in Our Future on Facebook or Instagram, that's where I'm at right now. I do believe I posted a picture of my setup for the podcast and just letting you know that these are the small beginnings and I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's fun and I think it's going to be great to look back at that in a year and be like, wow, things have really happened. But I've got a couple little TV trays. I've got a mic with the little boom arm attached to one of them. I've got my laptop on the other and I'm just doing my thing. I'm sitting on our old sectional and we're making this happen. We're going to do this. And I know that I'm going to be able to expand this because I know everyone listening out there, it's going to help support the cause. I know that I can't grow this by myself. I know that I can't fund everything by myself, but I'm working on some things to try and get people on board. And if you want to support, if you want to do something, if you want to at least pray, if you want to just share things on social media, whatever you want to do to help, I would greatly appreciate because I really want this to be something that doesn't just benefit me. I don't come up here at night after my kids go to bed just so I can do something that makes me happy. I could be doing other things that could probably be generating a little bit of extra income for me a little more immediate than this ever might. But I want to do this because I really want to help men love being dads. And I want to help dads become better dads every single day. 
And I want to build a community of dads so that we're not having to do this alone. That's what I want fathering our future to become. I don't really have anything set up for people to donate or anything like that. I kind of set up a Patreon page and if you can find it, you can do something there. But I'm working on the website. Think about it, pray about it. And if you want to ever contribute in the future, I'm sure it will be set up relatively soon. You can do that and I will greatly appreciate it. And I'll do my best to make everything as best as it can be because this isn't just for me and this isn't just about me. This is about you, the dads who are listening. So I hope this blesses you right now, but I hope this blesses you even more in the days to come. We're going to talk about something fun today. We're going to talk about something that is a little bit of a touchy subject. It's kind of sensitive. It's one of those things that everyone has a stance on, but you don't want to tell and share your stance with other people because you have some fear in the back of your mind that it may damage your relationship with those people, that it might possibly start a war. Because this is one of those things that we all have to have a stance on. We all practice some form of this, but we're too afraid to share it sometimes with just anyone because we don't want to be offensive and we don't want to be shamed. I know there's a lot of mom shaming that happens, but let's talk about dad shaming for our context of fathers. This is something that we just don't like to talk about, but it needs attention. It's so funny how often we don't talk about the things that need to be talked about because they're a sensitive issue. We have to have a little bit of a backbone with some of these important issues. And we need to just have discussions. Everything doesn't have to be a debate. We can just talk about things. If you don't agree with what I'm going to say today, that's completely okay. No harm, no foul. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to take offense to it. And I hope you don't take offense to what I say. And if you don't think that what I'm saying is going to be good, then start your own podcast and enrich people with the knowledge that you feel you have, that you've learned from other people, that you've learned through experience, wherever, do your own thing. Because again, this isn't about me and just promoting what I believe about everything. This is about a genuine effort to enrich dads everywhere. So here's what we're going to talk about today. The big elephant in the room. We're going to talk about disciplining your kids. Now, when I reflected on this subject, I realized that this usually boils down to a debate of do I spank my kids or do I not spank my kids? That's usually where this conversation goes. When we're going to talk about disciplining kids, it's just a matter of, well, do you spank your kids or not? And the more I thought about that, the more... I realized that that is such an injustice and a disservice to the subject to just boil it down to that. When we talk about disciplining our kids and the only conversation we have is about do we spank or do we not, we've missed the point. Now, I will address the whole spanking issue because We do spank our kids, and I'll give you some more context to that, but I'm going to give you some good proper context that you should probably adopt when it comes to spanking. But I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to have the right understanding of what it means to discipline our kids. And if we can have the right understanding, then we can 
begin using and adopting the right methodologies to actually practice what we understand about disciplining our kids. And if we'll do that, then we will be successful in disciplining our children. So let's start here. Discipline for me, and I'm sure discipline for just about everyone else out there, was always surrounded by negativity. It always had a negative connotation. I remember growing up and going to school and you were going to get disciplined if you did something wrong. Now, my mom didn't sign the waiver, so they couldn't really do much to me. But other kids, their parents didn't do that. So they were going to get SWATs. That's what we called them in orange. You were going to go to the principal's office and you were going to get SWATs. And that was your discipline. If you did something wrong, if you were disobedient, if you were insubordinate, whatever it was, you were disrespectful, you could get sent to the principal's office to be disciplined. But what that really meant is you were going to get whipped with this big wooden stick that that guy kept in his office. That was discipline. It was always in this fearful context, this negative context. But discipline should not be synonymous with consequence. Growing up thinking that discipline was such a bad thing, I got a little older and then everyone tried to tell me, well, you've got to be disciplined. I'm like, okay, hold on. Discipline was always this big, scary word that we didn't want any association with because it meant that we were going to get punished. It meant that we were going to have to bear some consequence for the things that we did. We didn't like discipline. We wanted to run away from discipline. But now you're telling me that I have to be disciplined if I want to be successful as an adult? Now I'm confused. I think that maybe the generation before my generation, and maybe beyond that, I don't know, but I feel like maybe there was a bit of a disservice because of how disciplined was understood and then practiced. Because discipline is not supposed to be a bad thing. Discipline is not supposed to be synonymous with consequence. Here is how we should understand discipline, and here is how we should teach it. Not that it is consequence, but we should think of it in terms of discipleship. The same root word, discipline, discipleship. We are discipling when we discipline our children. We should think of this in terms of teaching, training, encouraging, aiding, empowering, and bettering our kids. It's not just about the bad. It is also about the good. Disciplining your kids does not take place when they do something bad. It can and it should, but just as much as disciplining your kids happens when they do something wrong, it should happen honestly that much more when they do something right, when they do something good. Now get this mindset, get this shift in perspective on discipline, because this is important. If you don't believe this, if you don't think this, then you will not execute this. So our methodology now, let me tell you a story. I was at home one day with just Frankie and Reagan. My wife had to take Jojo somewhere. She was doing something else, but I just had 
the older kids. And I had to go take a shower. I had to get cleaned. I had to get ready so that when my wife got home with the baby, we could all go do whatever we were supposed to do. We were eating lunch or going somewhere. We had something planned. It was a Saturday. Reagan's sitting on the couch. Franklin's sitting in the recliner. I said, hey, I'm going to turn a movie on for y'all, but I have to go shower. So I need you to watch something that you're actually going to want to watch so that you're not destroying the house while I'm trying to take a shower and get dressed. So I pull up Netflix. I go to the stuff that they've seen before. And Reagan wants to watch Octonauts and one of the movies. Octonauts has a TV show and they also have three other movies that they have on Netflix. Just if you're unfamiliar with Octonauts. Anyway, she picked a movie. Well, Frankie wanted to watch the one with the episodes. He wanted to just keep watching TV show after TV show. Smart man. But Reagan wanted to watch one of the movies. So I was like, okay, I've got to resolve this conflict in a quick and relatively harmless way so that I can get a move on. So I looked at Frankie and I said, Frankie, I said, what if we allow Reagan to watch the movie and the next time maybe you can have the choice of what we get to watch? And he looked at me and he kind of looked at the TV and he wasn't thrilled about it, but he didn't throw a fit. He didn't make a horrible face. He said, okay. That's all he said. Okay. So I was like, thank you, Bubba. So I turned the movie on that she wanted. He sat and watched it. He likes to sit and watch anything. Even when she watches Frozen, he sits down and he watches it. He doesn't like Frozen. She loves Frozen. He doesn't like it, but he will sit and watch it because it is entertainment on the television. So he sat there, he watched it, and I went and took a shower. But while I was getting dressed, it dawned on me. Frankie just did something that was tremendous. Frankie, for a four-year-old, just set aside his own personal preference without a fight. He was agreeable, and he gave Reagan her preference over his, and he didn't even fight about it. All I did was ask him a question. I didn't tell him, hey, this is what we're going to do. I asked him. I gave him the option. I gave him room and reason to throw a fit, to rebel to scream about it, to say, no, I absolutely want to watch what I want to watch and I'm not going to have it any other way. I gave him room to do that. And he just bowed down, set his preference aside and allowed her to have her choice over his. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized he just did something big for his age. There are grownups who can't even set aside their preference, but he did that and he's four. And then I realized this is an opportunity that I have to discipline in a positive way for my son. So I'm all dressed. I walk out of the room. I call Frankie into our formal dining area and he makes his way over there. By the time he gets over there, I have a cookie in my hand. For whatever reason, we had some cookies left over from some family gathering that we did. So I had a cookie in my hand and he came over there and I said, Frankie, I said, I just wanted to make sure that I told you when we had to pick something to watch and I asked you if Reagan could watch what she wanted to watch, if you would be okay with that. And then maybe next time we could have your pick and you just said, okay, and you were agreeable and you didn't fight me on it. I said, that was a really good thing that you did. I said, first of all, it really helped me because I didn't have to try and moderate a huge debate about what we were going to watch. I didn't have to try and get too involved. I just simply asked you a question and you were agreeable. I said, you really helped me out 
You really saved me some time. I said, but most importantly, you did something huge by showing that you were selfless, that you could set aside your preference so that someone else could have their way over you. I said, I want you to know that I'm very proud of you, that I really appreciate what you did. And also, I want you to have this cookie. Now, I don't always give out treats and stuff, but if you do have treats on hand, it's pretty effective. They they remember the cookie, okay? So he's not always perfectly selfless, and no one ever is, even as adults, but I had the opportunity, understanding that discipline's not just when they do bad things. Discipline is when they do good things. Let's focus on the positive. Let's make an effort to teach them the things that they should do. I think it's really bad when all we ever do is say, you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do this and you don't do that because all we do is we give them content to think about. We can't think in negatives. I saw this not too long ago and I know he's not the original person who came up with this and who verbalized it first, but Simon Sinek was talking about how we cannot comprehend negatives. And the example that he gave to his class or whoever he was speaking to at the time was don't think of an elephant. Well, as soon as someone says, don't think of an elephant, all your brain can do is visualize and think about an elephant. We don't do well with the negatives. If you say, don't do this, immediately the mind goes to whatever that thing is that you said don't do. So as parents, what we ought to do is not focus on don't do this and don't do that, but we should focus on redirecting our kids to the positives. Don't just only say, don't do that. Say, why don't you do this? Say, why don't you do this? Why don't you try that? Look, watch what I'm going to do. Show them the things that they should be doing and put the focus on the positives. If you will just not bring up the negatives, you'll be surprised how little you have to worry about some of those things that you were worrying about. You don't have to worry about the things that they don't even know about. Feed them the positive. So I took this opportunity to discipline my son in a positive way when he did something that was good. So here's the main takeaways from this. Change your perspective on disciplining your kids. Discipline should not be synonymous with consequence. It should not only be surrounded by negativity and be boxed in a negative connotation. Discipline should be synonymous with discipleship. You are discipling your kids. You are training. You are raising them up to be successful, to be contributors to their communities, to this nation, to this world. You are doing something remarkable when you can change your perspective from discipline being consequence to discipline being discipling and discipleship. Change that perspective and then adopt the methodology of rewarding them when they do good. Emphasize the good that they do. It makes them feel incredible. They love it and they absorb it and they remember and retain it and they will strive to continue to do the good. I could go on and on about illustrations and examples that I have seen personally with our kids 
just because we make an effort to discipline them when things are good, to disciple them when they do good things. Now, I did say that we were going to talk a little bit about spankings because I think it's important. I think it's important that we understand how we should spank our kids if we're going to make that decision to do it. I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't like to spank the kids. It is a last resort effort. And if I can avoid it, I like to. I'm not really a big advocate for or against it. We do it, but I don't enjoy it and I don't aim to do it. It is not the number one way that I go about disciplining the wrong with the kids. And I don't think it should be. And I don't think it should ever be done in and of itself. Just let me give you some ground rules that I think will help you as parents, you as dads, who do embrace that practice. First of all, never, ever lose control when you're giving spankings. If you are irritated, frustrated, and your kid did something, and then you were just irate before you're about to give your kid spankings, you were in the wrong, and you ought to apologize to your kids when you're done acting like a child. You are wrong the moment you lose control. And if you don't have the EQ to compose yourself, to walk away, to calm yourself, to just breathe, and then go and discipline the wrong, if you do it when you're not in control of your mental state, when you're not in control of your emotions, you are wrong as a father. You've messed up. That is not the way you discipline your kids. That is not the state of mind that you need to be in to properly discipline your children. The moment you lose control, you are wrong. Have control of your mental state and of your emotions. The next thing is your goal is not to hurt your kids. I don't ever give spankings with the intent of having to ice my arm when I'm done. Spankings are not meant to wound your children. Spankings, in my mind, are meant more to get their attention. Are they going to feel it? Yes. Am I going to leave a bruise and a welt? No. That's not the goal. The goal is to not break the skin, people. You're not trying to hurt your kid. You should be trying to teach them. And if you have to get their attention, get their attention. But you are not attempting to wound your child when you are spanking them. My recommendation would just be always use your hand. If you use something else like a belt or whatever it is, you don't feel that transaction. But if you use your hand, just case in point, if you'll just take a moment right now to just take your hand and slap a wall as hard as you can, the wall will not feel anything. But your hand will probably start to pulse a little bit. It'll probably start to sting. You'll probably start to try and close it and open it and make the pain go away. Because if you hit something as hard as you can with your hand, you will feel it too. So that's a good way to kind of govern yourself. Make sure you don't use anything else. Use your hand. Never spank your kids out of reaction or impulse. What you do when you do this is you instill and you spark fear. And fear does not help relationships. Fear does not grow relationships. Fear is not going to build trust between you and your child. 
if every time your kid does something wrong, they flinch because they expect you to smack them, you've messed up and you need to work on correcting that. Because fear is not the way. I know there's a lot of people in some Christian circles who think that fear can be an effective method to win people over. There's a passage of scripture in the Bible that says that you win some people by love and then others you win by fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's the KJV. But if you'll read that in any other translation, if you'll even go back and read the original Greek, it does not translate fear. It does not mean that you use fear as a tool. What it means is that you should be the one who is fearful when you are trying to pull someone out of the fire because it is such a dangerous situation. A better way to interpret this is some you win with caution because you're pulling them out of the fire. You're doing something that is dangerous. So you should be the one who is careful when you are trying to build relationship with these individuals. Fear is never a good method. Fear is not effective in really building relationship and establishing loyalty with your children. Your kids will fear you. They will grow up and they will say, yeah, I love my mom and dad because they were my mom and dad, but I was kind of scared of them. That's not the dad that you want to be. You don't want to be the dad who was feared. You don't want to be that person. It's one thing to be respected, but you don't have to gain respect through trying to demolish your kids and hit them and spank them every single time they do something wrong just completely out of reaction and impulse. Don't do that. Change that if you do it. Another thing that we do that I think is smart is we set a limit. When we give spankings, we give one or we give two. And the kids know what's coming. We don't just surprise them. We don't just say, turn around. And then when our arm is tired, our arm is tired. No, they know what they're going to get. And they know why they're going to get it. This is the next point that I want to make. And I think that this is the most important thing I mean, it's all pretty important. You never want to lose control, but you have to couple this if you're actually going to spank your kids and you do have a good mental state. Make sure that spankings are always coupled with explanation, discussion, and advice. Make sure that they know what they did and why they're getting a spanking. You need to explain this to them. Remember, you're dealing with children. They haven't been around as long as you have. They don't have the same knowledge and understanding that you have of the world. For example, I was at Home Depot with Frankie the other day and this large man walked by and Frankie said, wow, that's a big woman. I got to say, it took almost everything inside of me not to just bust out laughing because sometimes he just mouths out things that come to his mind that he sees in a moment. And sometimes they're pretty funny. And that caught me off guard a little bit. I, I just about busted my gut, but I had to tell him, first of all, look, that's a man. And it wasn't a man trying to be a woman, a woman trying to be a man. It wasn't one of those situations. It was just, this guy was big and it looked like he had like a perm. So, I mean, he just wasn't doing himself too many favors there, but that's beside the point. Anyway, so I, I took the time to tell Frankie, I was like, look, sometimes you're going to see things, you're going to observe things, and you're going to want to say something about them. I said, but sometimes it's best to not say anything because sometimes you can make people sad. Yes, it's true. That man is big. 
But some people don't like to be identified as big. Some people don't like you to publicly state it, even though they walk around and they are big and they know it and everyone else can see it. When you verbalize it and you just give that extra attention to it, I said, sometimes it bothers people. And I even went and told him, I was like, look, because I know this is going to be something he has to deal with because we deal with it today. I said, there's going to be sometimes where some boys look like girls, girls look like boys. I said, you don't need to draw attention to that. I said, you can say something to mommy and daddy. You can just whisper it in our ears. I said, but you don't need to say those things out loud. You don't need to say things that might offend people in particular situations. Not that you should just be silent on everything. I'm not trying to say that. So, you know, don't take, don't take that the wrong way. Just this context of me and my son, you don't just, oh, someone's walking by. Is that a, is that a man or a woman? You don't just say that out loud. And if you do, you should probably rethink that. But I took that opportunity to explain something to him because as a four-year-old, he doesn't have the understanding of what's happening in the world today. He doesn't know the trends that people are following. He doesn't see what's on the rise. He doesn't read the news. He doesn't read. So I took the opportunity to explain to him something that he didn't quite grasp. When you're getting ready to spank your kids, they better understand why they're going to get a spanking. If not, you're letting them down as a dad. You need to explain to them, this is what you did, and this is why it's wrong. Maybe it's wrong because we asked you not to do this, and then we told you not to do this, and then you just kept doing it over and over and over again, and we can't figure out how to get your attention other than giving you a spanking. Maybe it can be something like that. Maybe it's something different, but make sure you actually have something that you can explain to your kid. Don't just, don't just use the cop-out of, I told you so because I said so. You will do yourself a favor if you learn to verbalize what's in your mind. Even if you just practice, think back on things that you've spanked your kids for, think back on the explanations that you didn't give, and try and give them. Try and prep yourself to be able to explain what you are thinking is wrong to your kids on a level that they can comprehend it. You're going to build relationship in doing that, even though they don't like spankings, you are building relationship, you are building a bridge for communication, and you're doing wonders for their future and for your future with your kids. Discuss this with them. Give them opportunity to tell their story. Because remember, they're kids, they see things differently, they have a different perspective. They have a different view on things. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes what happens doesn't merit a spanking because you quickly realize they had something totally different in mind and they did not mean this a particular way. I can't give them a spanking because that is way too harsh. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes you'll never know about it if you don't take the opportunity to explain your perspective, hear their perspective, understand the way that they saw it, and then make the decision. The last thing is you always have to give advice. You always have to give them instruction of the positive things to do. What is right? You said, you did this, and this wasn't a great thing, but here's what you can do. Here are the steps that you can take to do better. Here's the one thing that you have to do 
in order to not ever have to get a spanking again. I told Frankie the last time I gave him a spanking, which has honestly been a while back. I said, Frankie, all you have to do if you never, ever want to get in trouble, you just have to be a good listener. I said, if you will just listen to mom and dad when we ask you to do particular things, I said, sometimes we're going to tell you to do it. And that's one thing that we do. I always try to give my kids the option to do right or wrong. I don't just, you know, open things up and, you know, they have free reign. But I do this by asking them questions. I don't just command them to do the things that I will. Okay, I don't try to parent them like a dictator. I try to parent them like a leader. I give them opportunity to do good and to do bad. I give them opportunity to do right and to do wrong, to be helpful or to not be helpful, to be selfless or to be selfish. I ask them questions. Hey, do you think you could do this? Frankie, do you think you could bring your plate to the sink? Frankie, could you grab Reagan's plate? She already got up. She's playing. She's two. Could you do for her what she should have done for herself? Ask them questions. This is bonus information. If you will ask them questions first before you just command them to do things, I think that that is a very helpful thing to do. You can have it. That was free. That was bonus. Back to the point. You give them advice of the good things that they can do. Lead them in the right direction. Don't just leave them wondering, what do I really do? How do I change it? Because they can't figure that out. The only way that they stop doing those things is because they fear you. And if that's what you want, then that's what you have to deal with. There's a better way. Your kids don't need to be afraid of you. They need to love you. They need to trust you. They need to feel like they can actually talk to you because when things really get tough in life, when things really get challenging for them down the road, when they're in high school, when they're in college, when they're married, when they're having their kids and they're confused because this is all new to them and they don't understand and there's peer pressure and there's just stress, there's life that they haven't experienced yet, who would be the best person for them to go to? Probably mom or dad. But if they're terrified of you because you were always reactive and impulsive, because you were never in control of yourself, because you never displayed to them that you were able to reason, to talk, to just discuss with them, even when they're little, kids remember things. You have the opportunity right here, right now, as a dad, to build that bridge of communication that will forever bond you and your children. Take advantage of that. Never just spank your kids. There always should be explanation, discussion, and advice. And sometimes you'll talk to your kids and you'll have the opportunity to do the bigger thing and to show grace and to say, okay, this is what I've told you. I hear what you're saying to me. I've told you what is right and what you should do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you grace. I'm going to display something to you that one day you'll be able to display to other people. And you can have the opportunity to give grace because you don't always have to give spankings. I'm somewhere nebulously in the middle on that subject. And honestly, I don't think that is the heart of the discussion of disciplining your kids. Again, take this home. Disciplining your kids is not consequence. It's not bound in negativity. It is surrounded in positivity. It has an emphasis on the good things. It means that you are discipling your kids. You are training them and raising them up to be world changers, to be influencers, 
to be incredible people who contribute to their communities, to their societies, to their state, their nation, on and on and on. You have the opportunity when you discipline your kids, and if you will understand discipline the right way as discipling and not as consequence, and you will adopt the methodologies of building your kids up when they do good, when they do right, and putting an emphasis on the positive, if you will do that, you are setting them up for such great success. So remember, it's not about correcting the wrongs. It's about rewarding the rights, empowering the positives, emphasizing the good, and guiding them on a successful path. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll join me next time.